Our scripture today is from Psalms chapter 34, verse 18. God is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So I want to invite um, those of you who are, where, where are my, my colleagues who are going to join me for my dialogue sermon up here? Yes, Cindy, thank you. Thank you. And Bob is somewhere. There he is. Excellent. And Jim is coming down. We should probably grab some chairs. That'd be good. So as we gather up these chairs and come together, we are... Come, is that... Okay, I got Yeah, I got you. Let me get this. Yeah, one more for me. I got it. Okay. So thank you all for being up here. I am grateful to be able to share another one of these dialogue sermons with some leaders of our community who have been um, working. Well, what, what have you all been doing? What, uh, why don't you say it better than I do? I know that you run a ministry here at the church, and who wants to talk about it? Start off with just uh, the group that we're in has been uh, in existence for at least 10 uh, and in uh, further iterations, 20, 20 years. In fact, my late wife uh, was uh, a part of it. What's the name of it? Uh, the Depression uh, Support Group, uh, working with uh, uh, depression, grief, anxiety, uh, and issues related uh, to those things. And it was founded by, by Dick Ober, which uh, many of you know, who passed away recently. Uh, he was a clinical social worker for 50 years and had done uh, thousands of groups. Uh, and because he personally suffered from depression, it was a, really a meaningful uh, involvement uh, leading it. Um, he was our, our spiritual guide. and. Uh, I think it's important to remember that, that uh, mental illness is kind of a biochemistry issue, uh, no matter what the source of the um, direct uh, effect. And um, we have to remind ourselves we're not bad people uh, from that. And I like to remember that uh, depression itself is uh, uh, can, can be a gift, uh, bipolar, uh, grief, and, and depression uh, has an element that sparks creativity, fosters that kind of thing. I personally use it in my painting. Uh, Cindy uh, does uh, uh, Moth Radio Hour presentations, and uh, Bob does uh, uh, Elvis Presley weddings. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Is that, <laughs> um, as we go through this, I'm going to encourage our panelists to hold that microphone right by our mouth so we can all be heard. Um, is there anything about the, else about the founding of this depression group that either of you would like to chime in on? You can pass that mic down. Uh, well, we're all going to be talking. Um, the group is really, as, as you said, it's been meeting for the past 10 years. Um, it's really for people on the road to recovery. So I want you to think about that. We meet weekly for about an hour and a half. It's typically, uh, we always start with gratitudes as it helps us focus on the positives in our lives. And that's a long list. 
Sometimes it's, I'm grateful for a sunny day. Other times it's, um, you know, I'm grateful that I've repaired a relationship with a loved one of mine. So we spend probably 50% of our time during that hour and a half on gratitudes. And that puts a whole different framework around how you're feeling. So uh, that works very well for us. And we learn each other's values and what makes others happy, and it all resonates within our group. Then, at that point, we go on to people who want time to discuss their feelings and, or issues that they're dealing with. And we validate each other's concerns and anxieties, and we give perspective if we're asked. Here, we can be our most vulnerable selves and feel protected. We know that we can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond. Our sessions are always thoughtful, honest, and joyful, and there's no judgment. Now, you should note that all conversations are confidential. We don't speak about it to anyone else or to our spouses. And over time, we've developed a bond. Many of us have been there for six years. I've been there for 10 years. Um, some would say it's a sacred bond. And we've tended to one another's needs in many supportive ways. We'll often meet each other one-on-one -on -one for coffee. But I do know that if I'm in any serious trouble, I can call anyone in the group, and they will help me out. So I'll let Bob say a few words. I'd like to add one thing. You know, the, the examples which were good for the kids were examples of reactions to, you know, losing a friend having a bad day, but mental illness, depression, is a long-term uh, issue that you really have to manage and deal with. And my wife was telling me, until I got on medication in 1984, uh, it was much more difficult uh, to manage. And I think the same thing goes for anxiety. Anxiety can be a long-term issue and may very well be biochemical. Thanks for pointing that out, Bob. There is definitely, uh, just to, to highlight that point, that the examples I gave to the kids were responsive, right? But that sometimes, for folks who wrestle with depression, you just wake up and your heart's broken, and you can't get out of bed, and there's, it's pointless and meaningless to do that. And that is not a failing or a shortcoming of any person. That is just a reality of body chemistry that we have to manage and deal with, much like if, um, you know, as we age, our, our backs go out sometimes. Um, sometimes our brains go out, and we just need to have uh, sometimes medical intervention or social intervention as well. Thank you for lifting that up. Jim, did you have something else you want to say? Well, I'd like to remind people that one in five of us uh, experience some form of mental illness. Uh, it's, it's really quite, quite prevalent, and, it, and of course it, it uh, varies in how long uh, the, of duration you experience it, and many, sometimes many, many multiple uh, instances. Um, but it's more common than cancer, uh, heart disease, or diabetes, so it's, it's really a lot more prevalent than probably some people are aware of. Um, Can I get a point on that? There's about probably about 70 people in the room here. So if you do your maths really quick, the folks with, who struggle with depression aren't just the ones who are sitting up here. 
but a good solid, what are those maths numbers? It's probably like 12, 13, 14 people otherwise sitting out here. Solid? Yeah, right, it's okay. There used to be a time when uh, mental illness and depression and anxiety, these things were really stigmatized. We didn't talk about it. It was a failing of ourselves to do it. And, uh, and now I commend you all for taking this position that, no, this is just a reality that we're all navigating, um, or at least everyone in this group is navigating, and it's okay. And we can honor that and uplift it as a part of our sacred community that we gather together in. I'd, I'd like to add that one of the goals of the group is to help us like ourselves, uh, to take care of ourselves. Uh, Self-care is important. And that taking medication is not to be afraid of. To have some counseling is not to be afraid of. And to talk about it, you know. Some people um, feel very ashamed that they have uh, you know, depression, anxiety, grief, and all that, that. There's something wrong with them and they hide it. But it's much better to talk about it. And in our whole family, we, we talk about that. And I know that there have been some people in my extended family who didn't work on it. And we've had three suicides. This is not in my immediate family, but it's, if you don't take care of, of real depression, you know, some people think there's nothing else to do other than uh, off yourself. Yeah, and I want to add, one of the trigger points for depression in a lot of us is uh, losing a spouse or a parent or a child. Uh, that those are, are points in life that really uh, make you question your values and, and your uh, meaning in life. And those are often the, what lead people into a, a bout of depression. Also, more and more these days, as our society is becoming more digital and we travel more, uh, it's a lot harder to meet people face to face. This thing that we do on Sunday morning where we gather across communities, across racial lines, ethnic lines, and uh, financial lines, educational lines, this sort of thing where we gather is a, a fle fleeting commodity. People don't gather in this way so much anymore. Uh, you know, you can go to a bar you can, uh, where you have to spend money. You can go to an event where you have to spend money and sit quietly and do your thing. But to gather together as a community, have communal ties where you sit and hear each other and talk to each other and connect with each other, that is such a sacred gift in a time when we are more and more isolated from each other and we also know more and more about the woes of our world. More so now, we know about them so much more now than ever before. And so thank you for this community that you gather together to offer a chance to share those concerns together so that you don't feel like I'm by myself, no one cares about me, why should I keep going, this is really hard, I hate this, I'm just going to be done. But when people care about you, and people love you, and see you, and talk to you, and you talk to them, and you share in those concerns, it helps us know that we are loved and we are needed. And we would be missed. What do you want to say about? What I wanted to talk about is 
the kind of self-care that is creative. In our group, we have a renowned painter, a renowned uh, writer. Uh, I teach 17 classes of exercise for people of different ages. A renowned swimming instructor? <laughs> well, but I also teach on land exercise classes. <laughs> Uh, we also have a sculptor in there, and uh, we have someone who brings us goodies all the time, and that's a creative expression. Uh, we celebrate each other's victories and grieve when we have setbacks, and the group over the last 10 years have actually had three people uh, pass away, and we've attended those funerals. and. Uh, help them prepare for what was happening. Next Saturday at one o'clock will be Janet Kramer Barr's funeral. She was a member of our group and we have written a eulogy that will be devoted to her. And when you listen to that, you'll see the power of the group. So we welcome you all to come. Thank you. You know, one uh, <clears throat> last thought about gathering in groups. Um, when you see other people talk about uh, their issues and, and the problems they're having, uh, it makes it a lot easier to see than, than examining your own issues. And, and it's, it helps to learn from other people how to, how to deal with things uh, and, and see where the pitfalls are, because it's so much easier to see when somebody else is doing it, so hard to, to see it when you look in a mirror. Yeah, amen for that. So we talked a little bit about how the group got started and what you do, but why do you keep doing it? Why do you keep continue doing it? Like as leaders of this group who convene, who talk to Anne, schedule spaces, <laughs> hold the group, call, call people, why do you keep doing it? Well, as a person who has had mental illness since the age of seven, um, I've been through 35 years of psychotherapy, any number of psychiatrists, um, still have one, got one I like right now. Um, you know, you just need that ongoing support. And the way that this group is positively formed is much more valuable to me than any of the psychotherapy I ever had because that was all very self-centered on who's me, what can I do, you know? I can't control, I can't control what, what happens to me, but I can control how I respond. But the group helps you, helps you to be able to think about ways in which you might be able to respond. So self-care, um, Dick spent a lot of time talking about that. Almost all of us get many, many hours of exercise every day, about two and a half hours of exercise, which helps tamp down anxiety and elevates the mood. So that's beneficial. And it's all of, you know, meds and therapists are only about 50% of what you can do for yourself. The rest of it has to come from you. And you have to be able to work on it. And the group has ideas and support to help you to do that. That's why you come. It's, it's much cheaper than a bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cheaper than a bar. 
much cheaper than therapy, too, you know. So. It's free. Sure. These are all wonderful reasons why. So is that why you do this group? Because it helps you personally feel better? Yes, but the other thing is, is we listen to each other and support each other. So when, when you give back, you get more in return. And that's a very self-fulfilling um, factor in why we continue to support the group and each other. I, I think also there's a lot of affirmation in the group. You know, we start with uh, the things that we're grateful for and we learn about the person and we say, boy, that is really great, you know. And uh, it's, it's nice to be in a supportive and loving group. Yeah, I think uh, we all know that volunteering, helping other people, uh, those are really the things that bring us uh, happiness and, and a sense of uh, meaning in life. Uh, uh, just being with people and being able to support them, being able to uh, commiserate or listen to uh, is just uh, good growth for yourself and a good support for developing meaning in life. Thank you. All those things, absolutely. And I've been kind of dancing around it, but I'm just going to ask it straight out this time. Where, if anywhere, is God in this work? I told you I was going to ask that question. Go ahead. You know, for a lot of us, it's... Uh, is sometimes asking that question, where is, where is God in our life? Where is God in uh, what it means to be alive? You know, we question that we get those big questions as we get closer to the end of our chapters in life and uh, we start to really, really wonder and, and look back on uh, how we've developed that, that spiritual sense uh, and we're still asking and trying to answer those questions. I always think of the prayer of St. Francis, you know, make me an instrument of your peace. And that's what we're doing to each other in the group. And uh, Jesus said something to the effect of, uh, you know, I was with you when you help that person. I was there when you uh, were kind and so forth. So I guess that's where, that's where God is. Um, uh, twice I have cheated death because people weren't aware of the medication interactions that I would have had. I had a pacemaker put in. I nearly died of lithium toxicity. Uh, they were looking at dialysis. Um, and that's when I hit rock bottom, but I also realized that I wasn't going to make it out of there by myself. And I really started to feel God's spiritual presence at that point in time. And I think that's stayed with me since then. And it continues to stay with me. I have, to, I have to admit it, but I'm not totally sure who, what God is, even though I'm a minister. <laughs> <laughs>
But there have been times that I have said, help me God, save me God, and it seems to have worked, but I'm still confused about who, what God is. I, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Your secret saved with us, Bob. Thank you for, for naming those things, that this, there's these personal connections, as you mentioned, Cindy, but also being able to be in a space and say, you know, we heard this scripture saying God is with the brokenhearted. Well, I'm brokenhearted and I still feel pretty alone. Where's God in that? And it might be another person. And it might be another person, just that person listening to you, saying, yeah, I feel you on that. Where is God? Come on, God, do something. Like being able to share those griefs and laments with a group is such a sacred gift. And so I thank you all for your leadership in this work, for continuing this life-giving ministry of our church. And if folks are feeling um, inspired or wanting to get connected with this group in any sort of way, um, how would they go about that and can they go about that? Well, you have to, it's an application process. Okay. You have to okay. fill out all of these forms. In triplicate, yep, yep, yep. No, just come to a meeting or talk to one of us. So that's, it's not that hard. When, when are those meetings? The meeting is... The microphone. Uh, Thursday, Thursday at 3. 2, 4.30. So Thursday afternoons from 3 to 4.30, generally meeting up in the administration wing there, uh, not the quiet room that's next to my office, but the next one down, um, sort of gathering room there. What is that, 207? I don't know. You'll find them. Come here Thursdays at 3 p.m. if uh, you're just needing a glimpse, if you're struggling, if you're feeling down, if you know that you've had these troubles before, and maybe just one. Oh, and we may eat, uh, we may meet outside in the summer. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're coming here on Thursday at three and you see any of these characters walking around, be sure to grab them and they'll let you know where to go. Um, thank you again for your ministries. Final words? Any final words? Don't have depression. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing we were talking That's about. That's right up there. Was, okay. Don't get old. <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah, right? But if you have to have depression, at least don't go it alone. That there are those who love you and care for you, even if you don't know. If you're in your bed and saying, no one cares that I'm not at church today. It's not true. We miss you, and we wish you were here. So come on out on Thursday, or just send me a call, an email, uh, I know so hard, it is so hard to get out of that zone, that spiral, that that where you just are like stuck. And sometimes just getting up and moving to a new space is the first step towards finding some peace that all of us deserve and is a gift from God. Amen. Thank you. God bless.